Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, welcome back to Higher Ground. Uh, keep those text messages uh, coming through. You know the number. You should know it by now. 0457 736 736. And uh, I'll read as many as I can and, and get through them uh, as and when we can uh, across the show tonight. All right, time to talk uh, some more cricket with the man who is all over the T20s and the Sheffield Shield at the moment. It's uh, a very warm welcome back to higher ground to Lockie McCurdy. Lockie, how are you doing? Very well, very well. Good to be here as always. Plenty of cricket happening and plenty to be excited about as an Aussie fan at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. How things can change hey, in, uh, in, in the space of about a week. Now, just mm. you're, you're with Code Sports. Tell me about Code Sports, which, which launch, launches next week, I think. Yeah, so it's an exciting new publication where we're going to be focusing on a bit of long-form written content. Uh, yeah, launching next Wednesday. So make sure you keep your eyes to the socials. You'll see plenty about it. It's going to be a, a really exciting new project. All right. Um, India, out of the T20 World Cup, hey? That's a, a really big shock. I mean, um, but pre-tournament, we all thought they were, you know, one of the uh, the favourites at least to make the final. Um, how's it being taken in India? They they came into the tournament as equal favourites with England, so I imagine there's a fair fair bit of fallout back home. Yeah, it's going to be a really interesting period to examine what happens with this fallout because no matter what happened results-wise, this World Cup was always going to be a moment of change for this Indian team. Obviously, Virat Kohli announced that this would be his last tournament as captain of the T20 side. And we've since seen that Rahul Dravid has been announced as their new coach to replace Ravi Shastri after this tournament. So regardless of results, this was going to be a really interesting tournament for India. But yeah, just those two losses early have cost them. Pakistan getting that historic win and then the Kiwis upsetting them again. I mean, look, it's... I don't think you can read too much into it because this is still a very strong Indian team. And I mean, we've got another T20 World Cup only 12 months away here in Australia. But I think you're definitely right there, Chris. It was it was their tournament in terms of they should have been making the finals. But Pakistan and New Zealand were just better on the day. And that's all it took. Mm. We, I think, are ranked uh, six or seven in T20s, the Aussies I'm talking about. So, you know, we weren't probably... Uh, well, I guess we set the bar high and we, we hope to be able to make it through to the final and we mm. still might be able to do that. But um, a win over the West Indies and a, and a very good win at that. So we are through to the last four and um, how it changes over the past few days or so because um, after that big loss to England, there were plenty of people lining up to throw stones at this Aussie T20 team. But... Another big score for, for Davey Warner. Uh, the bowling attack seems to be working just fine. Can we actually win this thing? Look, you have to get to the final four if you any chance. And the Aussies have done that. That was their first task. That was Justin Langer's key goal, just to get through to the knockout stages and you never know what can happen. Obviously, we come up against a Pakistan team who have looked like the best team this whole tournament so far. Have gone through undefeated. Babar Azam has been fantastic at the top of the order. Shahina Freedy has been fantastic with ball in hand. So it's certainly going to be a, a tough match when it comes to it. But you never know. It's the sort of time where Australia are peaking at the right time. I tend to feel that 
as you mentioned, David Warner, that 89 was really fantastic. He looked in form and it, it's, we've seen a progression of his form throughout the tournament. And I feel like the middle order balance is right. Obviously, Mitch Maas, the one game he was dropped for was that one game we lost to England quite poorly. So I don't think we're going to be seeing any more tinkering of the side. This is Australia's best side. And there's every chance that while our record against Pakistan isn't good and Pakistan have been formidable this tournament, it's only one game. They just have to beat one game. It's not a best of three, a best of five series. They just have to beat one game in there into the final. So it's everything to play for on Thursday. Just uh, on West Indies too, before we talk more about our our fellas, um, Chris Gale's final game. How do you think he'll be remembered in a historic sense? Um, where does he where does he rate as the all time greats from the Windies? He's definitely going to be up there in terms of the explosiveness of his of his batting. I, I think there's no doubt that when you've got someone like Brian Lara in terms of runs, that you're always going to be on at least the rung down below him just because of how well he played. But in terms of his influence in world cricket, and everyone's quick to say the influence he had in T20 cricket, but really in all three formats, he was absolutely explosive and just brought power hitting to the game and really brought it to the fore. And he's been a staple since the introduction of T20 cricket into the cricket calendar. So it's going to be a big miss. And of course, Dwayne Bravo, DJ Bravo heading out as well. So two big sort of misses mm. that we'll be seeing in the future for West Indies cricket and two have left a, quite a lasting legacy, not just on T20 cricket, but cricket in general. Mm. And again, just on that, that match and the win against the West Indies, uh, it's taken you know, a little bit of toing and froing with the batting order, but I think we're settled now, aren't we? I think uh, there's no more experimenting. Mitch Marsh, he's the man at number three. I think definitely. It's always going to depend on how that opening partnership of Warner and Finch goes. That If they can get through that power play, if they can just make it through, then they're going to likely look to someone like a, a, a Marsh who can accelerate the batting a bit more. If a wicket falls early in the power play, that's when you might see Steve Smith, Marcus Stoinis come in a little bit more. And then if somehow they can get really late in the innings and 12th, 13th over, then Maxi might come in. But they seem like they've got a, a more set a set way of doing things now, which is a really nice feeling going into the knockout stages. So we're playing Pakistan. Um, we know they're dangerous. Um, who are their main dangers? Who should we be looking out for? Babar Azam's definitely the one that, that sticks out to me. Uh, their, their opening batter has scored 264 runs through five matches so far, averaging 66 and has scored a 50 in all but one of his matches. So he is looking supremely dangerous at the top of the order and Obviously, Muhammad Rizwan, who's also been out in the batting, he's averaging 70-something as well for his five matches. So they have been fantastic. I mean, they, they chased India's total down with all their wickets in hand. So that kind of proved mm. just how good they are. But the other one, Shaheen Afridi, has been absolutely electric with the ball. And while not always taking wickets, he's been dangerous and he's been causing problems for the batters. So, again, another one to look out for. And if, if he can take a couple of wickets early in the power play, who knows what can happen. But that toss, if we ever need Finchie to win a toss, it is this one. Yeah, I know what you mean. At least some people you know, may not have been aware, those that are not following cricket that closely, but these guys, the Pakistan players, they were locked out, weren't they, of the Indian Premier League? So a lot of them haven't had all that much cricket, but they find themselves in a... Well, they, they really are thriving in this tournament. They really are thriving. And, I mean, England, obviously, they're going to be playing New Zealand in the other semi-final. They've got a few injury concerns with... Uh, Jason Roy, Tymor Mills, but at, at the end of the day, Pakistan, undefeated, informed team, no concerns. You have to consider them favourites going into this final four stage. Mm. So you touched on the other semi, uh, England 
uh, taking on New Zealand. Uh, the, mm. Pom, the Poms will be heavy favourites in that one. Do you see it going according to the, the bookies' prices? I think it's hard not to in terms of England's white ball form in recent years. But, look, I think a big thing that is going to play in this game is New Zealand are going to want revenge for that 2019 World Cup. They might talk it down as much as they can, but that agonising, heartbreaking loss against England at Lords back in the summer of 2019, that will still be hurting on their minds. They were so close to lifting that World Cup trophy. And if they can cause an upset here, I mean... England, obviously, not the ideal way to go into the, the semi-finals with a loss against South Africa. So, I think the Kiwis have a solid team. Again, it's going to be one where if they can bowl first and kind of limit England to that 140-150 total, then they've got every chance on chasing that down in the terms of Martin Guptill, Kane Williamson. They've got some really good batters there. But if England bat first, get 180-plus or bowl first and can limit New Zealand to a, a lowish score, then they're going to be hard to beat. Mm. Now, a little closer to home uh, in the Sheffield Shield, uh, Victoria has rolled New South Wales again, this time winning winning outright. C- can you report what went wrong for the Blues? Uh, I think it was a tough first batting innings for the Blues. That was their main problem. Daniel Hughes was really the only one who stood out with a half century in that first innings. But you had a couple of really disappointing contributions from Captain Curtis Patterson only got two. The youngster brought in Lockie Hearn only got four. Sean Abbott had a duck. Um, and, and, yeah, just a lot of concern in that middle order, just desperately calling out for Moses Enriquez to come back, I feel. So only posting 140 in that first innings was, was really hard to see. But we saw a lot more fight in that second innings dig from New South Wales. Daniel Hughes finishing on 89 off 319 balls. It was a quite remarkable innings. He, he just never looked like getting out, but he just ran out of partners. Uh, Liam Hatcher did well to, to sit alongside him, as did Jack Edwards for a while. But... Yeah, just the, the Victorian bowling duo of James Paddington and Scott Boland, both bowling immaculately down at the MCG. So they would have loved finally getting home to play some cricket at the MCG. So, look, even as a New South Welshman, I would have loved to have seen the Blues win, but good to see the Vicks win on their first match back at the MCG for so long. Yeah, I see what you're saying there. Now, Lockie, before you go, um, a quick update on the WBBL. What happened there mm. over the weekend and who are the favourites going into the last two weeks of that tournament? Well, it's hard to look past the Melbourne Renegades at the moment. They're, they're sitting nice and free on top of the ladder, essentially, with two wins between them and second, the Brisbane Heat. But they have played one more match than the Heat. And, yeah, so we saw the Scorchers have a pretty dominant win over the Hurricanes thanks to a fantastic power play bowling performance from the South African international Marazan Cap. The Renegades continued their form. Meg Lanning could only do so much for the Stars and the Renegades got up in the Melbourne Derby. And the Sydney Thunder just have struggled to kind of get enough runs on the board and give themselves a total to bowl out. So they lost again to the Heat on the weekend. So, yeah, it's going to be hard for last year's champs, the Thunder, to, to make the finals from here. They're sitting on the bottom, two wins only from their eight matches. And, yeah, it's hard to see them make the finals from here. But the, the Sixers, for those in Sydney, great chance still to make the finals there. They're in fourth, but they've got two games in hands on the Renegades, so they could easily make their way up the table. And they've got... A match tomorrow against the Brisbane Heat, so that's going to be a crucial one. Two teams inside the top four. Mm. All right, mate. Lockie, thanks for joining us, mate. I appreciate your time uh, tonight here on Higher Ground. Good luck with the launch of Code Sports, and we'll talk again soon. Thanks so much, Chris.